I love being a part of this family, this body that God has called us all to be a part of. Uh, I, in fact, I, I love turning it when I came in uh, this morning before the 9.30 service. It's brilliant just to see uh, so many people just here, just, just doing stuff, being together, getting stuff ready, putting chairs out, the band starting to rehearse, uh, people getting ready for what God was going to be doing amongst us. Uh, it's really exciting that we all get to be a part of this thing uh, together. I love being here. I love being with all of you. It's really great. Does anyone else love this? Is it good? This is good stuff. Um, hey, you know, over uh, the last, uh, last week and, and the, the next coming couple of weeks, um, uh, we're going to be taking a little look at our vision again here at St. Paul Shadwell, thinking about what it is that God is calling us to. Because uh, God has given us a big vision, uh, a vision to make disciples, to transform communities, and to plant churches. That's a big vision. It's an exciting vision. It's what he's calling us to here. It's what he has been calling us to for the past years. It's what we have been seeing amongst us. And we believe that God has got more in store for us. Who believes that? Yeah? I'm excited going into this this year that God seems to be saying to us together, I want you to strive for this fruitfulness. I want you to step into this fruitful year. Uh, for all that I have in store for you. Uh, and, and so over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking together at some of the, the vivid pictures uh, that Scripture gives us uh, of the church and thinking about how uh, that relates to, uh, to us. And last week, uh, we looked at branches. Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. And uh, Charlie, I want to, can you just put your hand up? Like this. Okay, so keep it up for a minute. Just Charlie. Um, so, so, so we've got a branch here. How, how vine-like right now are we, are we looking? No, is, is this, 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 is not, this is not a good picture of a vine. Okay, everyone, put both hands up. Everyone put your hands up. Both hands up. Maybe kind of sway a little bit like this. Maybe wobble. Look around. Does this look like a vine? Hey, kind of. Hey, this is great. You know, this is what it looks like. And I love the fact that Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. It's plural. Whenever Jesus talks about church, it's plural. You know, this is never just about me and my personal relationship with Jesus. It's always about us and our relationship with Jesus. We're called into something. Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And any branch that is separate from the vine uh, dries up uh, and is just fit for nothing but the fire. You know, we're called to do this stuff together. Jesus gives us a vivid picture of that. And so we need to be thinking about how we can be a part of what is going on, what God is calling us to. Thinking about how we can commit, how we can serve, how we can pray, how we can give into this church that God is calling us to be a part of. Because, you know, if you don't turn up, then you're not here. It's true. And if you're not here, it means there's a U-shaped hole that you are leaving in this church. So we looked at branches last week, and today uh, we're going to be heading into 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we are going to look at body, the body Another incredibly vivid picture that is painted for us of what the church is, of of who we should be. We are the body, the body 
of Christ. Um, I've basically got two things for you today, okay? And that's the fact that, that we all get, you get, to be a part. And you also get to play a part. You get to play your part. Every single one of us gets to be a part and play a part. And this is crucial. If we're going to outwork our vision, if we're going to continue to see disciples made, communities transformed and churches planted, then we must be a part and play a part here in Christ's body in East London, in Shadwell, in Wapping, all around here, in all the communities that we represent. So let's read 1 Corinthians 12. And I'm going to be starting from verse 12, going through to verse 27. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts. And though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free. And we were all given one spirit to drink. Now, the body is not made up of one part, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would its sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? In fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable, we treat with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honour to the parts that lack it. So that there should be no division in the body. But that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Hey, why don't you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for these incredible pictures that you offer us, these metaphors that you present to us to instruct us, to help us, to understand how it is that you want us to be. Lord, we lift up our church and Lord, we pray that you would enable us to continue to step forward into all that you are calling us into. Be with us this morning. Amen. Amen. What an amazing picture for us that this conjures up 
You know, I almost feel like I don't need to add anything here. You know, the Apostle Paul, who was writing to the church in Corinth, has done an incredible job here, painting a vivid, vivid picture for us that we can learn from, so much that we can take from. It almost feels silly to be able to stand here and try and add more to what the Apostle Paul has said. You know, I guess as we try and just chew on this together a little bit this morning, the first thing I wanted to do was just create a bit of context for us, really about the kind of world that we live in. If you like, I I kind of feel like in order to really understand what we're being called into, what we're being called back to here, we need to understand kind of a bit of a theology of our trashed world. And that is the fact that God never created us to live in the way that we see our world operating. God created us to be together. Male and female, he created them. A unit, a family, a team, and commissioned mankind to care for the world, to go on creating and leading and loving God's creation. But we know that it all went wrong. And that is not what we see around us today. We see a world that is full of division. We see a world that is full of isolation, a world that, uh, that kind of seems to champion independence. You know, it's considered a great strength to be able to survive on your own. You know, instead of being one in the world, we are a world of ones. That is our world today. That is our culture. It's what we celebrate throughout our culture. And the reality is that sense of division and that sense of separation, that sense of competition and individuality has trashed our world. And we don't need to look very far to see evidence of that. In fact, it's presented to us every single day in the news. As we scroll through our news feeds and we read about conflict, we read about disasters that should never be. We read about selfishness and separation. This is the context that we find ourselves in today. But you know, the key thing for us to understand is that what we read in Scripture is really a journey. What we find ourselves a part of today really is a journey of mankind from creation, if you like, to decreation as we, as we end up in a whole mess, to being called back to being the people that we were created to be in the first place. If you like, creation to decreation to recreation. You know, God created us, and today he calls us back to be the people that he created us to be. People who are together, who are not divided. We're called to be a unit, a team, together in God's presence. You know, God is calling you to be you. He is calling you to be you, but not just you. He's calling you to be you with others. You know, God loves us as individuals. He knows us personally and he cares deeply about who we are as individuals. But he hasn't created us in order to operate isolated from everyone else. We're called to be a body. We're called to be the body of Christ that together we step into Jesus, if you like, and begin to operate as him, as his hands and feet in the world today, full of his Holy Spirit. We all get to be a part of that. We all get to play 
our part in that. I have a vivid memory uh, of when I was uh, leaving primary school uh, and getting ready to join my senior school. Uh, And I remember in my primary school, uh, in the final assembly uh, of the year, when we were all moving on, uh, they did this thing um, (laughs) where they basically invited everyone to stand up in groups uh, of the different senior schools that you were going into. And there were a couple of uh, senior schools which were the particular ones that our primary school seemed to feed, and there were some big groups of young people that stood up to go there. And then they called out, St. Edwards! And I stood up on my own (laughs) in front of everyone else in the school, And I was the only one who was being sent into this particular senior school. And and I I was a very shy child. I'm sure you can see that now. (laughs) A real shrinking violet. And um, yeah, it was crushing. I I remember standing there just looking around, feeling so embarrassed. Just feeling like, oh, am I not? I'm not a part of this thing. I'm not a part of a group. I'm not a part of a gang. I don't get to go with others. I'm on my own. And then actually I remember turning up at my senior school for the first time on the first day, feeling incredibly lonely and isolated, feeling like I just wanted to be a part of something. And actually, as as I think about my life, I can remember, you know, the first day at various works that I've gone into different organizations that I've been a part of. And, and every time I kind of step into something new, I know there's this real sense inside of me feeling like, oh gosh, I really want to be a part of something. Am I a part of something? And, and I think there's a desperate need within all of us, isn't there, to want to belong, to want to be a part of something. And I believe that some of us today here this morning need to be told, you are a part of something. You are not on your own. You are not isolated. You can be a part of this body. In fact, God is calling you to be a part, a valued, loved part of his body, of this bit, St. Paul's Shadwell in East London. You are loved, and you are a part of Jesus' body. You know, we struggle so much to be parts of things. And I think sometimes uh, throughout our world, in order to be a part of something, we almost push others away and create little groups and cliques and niches that we can be a part of. And, uh, and actually, Paul is writing to the church here uh, in, the, in the first century uh, where they experienced many of these cliques and divisions and niches of society that people gathered in. And Paul is writing to say that there's no place for that within Jesus' body. We are all apart, all equally valued here in this body. Paul says, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, you're all part of one body. There is no difference. There is no division. Verse 25, no division in Jesus' body. And what was true then is true today. It doesn't matter where you've come from. It doesn't matter where you're going. It doesn't matter what kind of social status you, you think you have. It doesn't matter what employment you have. It doesn't matter what your family is like. 
It really doesn't matter. There is no division in Jesus' body. You are a part, a valued and loved part. Every single one of you. And in fact, this is a fascinating passage here in Paul's letter about the body, which is sandwiched between two other fascinating passages where Paul speaks into the life of the church. This, this picture of the body is sandwiched between a whole load of teaching on gifts uh, and then sandwiched between a classic piece of teaching on love. You know, Paul is saying this is how you need to operate as, as the church, as Jesus' body. Here are some of the ways that you can do that and talks about spiritual gifts and the things that we can do. And then he pulls it back and says, but remember, it doesn't matter what you do, there is no division. You are all one. And this is how you can be one. You can love one another. It's a fantastic piece of scripture. And in the middle of it is this incredible, vivid picture of the body, of Jesus' body. You know, there are no special tickets. No special treatment is given. No special invites for people to be something special here in Jesus' body. We are all, all one Every bit of the body is one and is valued. And I think we need to understand that each one of us has a responsibility to include others. We have a responsibility to invite and to love and to to put our arms around and to care for others. Every one of us has that responsibility. But what I found fascinating about this picture is it's not only a responsibility that we have to include, but we have a personal responsibility to feel included. I love the way uh, Paul puts this, uh, you know, about the foot, you know, but it's like the foot has got a complex here. You know, in verse 15, in verse 15, Paul writes, if the foot should say, well, because I'm not a hand, I'm not part of the body, you know, that doesn't make the foot not part of the body. You know, so often we can look around and we can think, oh gosh, I'm not doing what they're doing. You know, I'm not as valued, I'm not as in as that person. But Paul is writing to say, no, that's not true. We need to address our state of mind in this and take personal responsibility to feel included as well as to include others. And I think what I love with this picture is the fact that if the foot says, well, actually, I'm not doing what the hand's doing, therefore I'm not a part of the body, Paul says, well, it still is a part of the body. You know, if you don't turn up, it's not that you cease to be part of the body, it's just that you start to be missing. And suddenly the body hasn't got a foot. You know, when we start to think of church in that way, and we start to realise the individual impact that each one of us has on this body, we begin to see how important it is that we commit and that we serve and that we pray and that we give each and every one of us in the ways that God is calling us to. Because if we don't, we are leaving holes and gaps. It's not that the body changes, it's just that the body is there but without you. And I want to challenge you this morning to think, how is it that God is calling me to play my part? Because we have a big vision here. A vision to make disciples, to transform communities and to plant churches. 
And if you tap out, the game continues to go on. It's just we're a player down. And the team is hurting without you. So you get to be a part. You also get to play a part. Your part. Have you ever tried uh, to be someone that you're not? Have you ever tried to be someone that you're not? It's terrible. It's terrible. I remember when, uh, when I first got ordained, I was, um, I was working at Holy Trinity Brompton and I became a, a curate at, at HDB. And uh, for those of you that don't know HDB, it's a really big church over in West London. Uh, and there's some incredible leaders and um, some real influential uh, members of Jesus' body who are there. Uh, people like Nicky Gumble, probably one of uh, the most well-recognized uh, preachers in the world. You know, in- incredible uh, speaker. Incredibly wise. People like Graham Tomlin, who's now one of our bishops within London, the Bishop of Kensington, amazing theologian, incredible preacher. And I remember I got ordained and I was at HTB and I thought, oh my goodness, how am I going to preach in the same place that these guys are preaching in? And and I had a real identity crisis when I first uh, got ordained and thought I needed, uh, had to begin speaking at HDB and thinking, gosh, how do I do that? You know, do I need to do it like Nicky Gumbel does it? Do I need to do it in the way Graham Tomlin does it? Or or Pete Gregg or or Tim Hughes? Some of these amazingly influential people in in Jesus' body. And I I tried and I tried to kind of copy and to imitate and... uh, and, and I really felt that after a few months, God spoke to me and, and said, Phil, you've got to learn how you can be you. Because if you try and be someone else, then it means there's no one being you. You know, it's a huge challenge for each one of us. God's not calling us to try and be someone else. He's calling us to be you. To play your part. Not someone else's part, but to play your part in his body. Paul writes, God has arranged the parts of the body just as he wanted them to be. Verse 18. You know, comparison is a killer. If we look at other people and compare ourselves, it is terrible. You know, comparison kills creativity. It kills confidence. It kills Community. You know, we look at other people and we think, oh my gosh, I wish I could be like them. And suddenly we just feel terrible about who we are and our confidence goes through the floor. You know, we try and be like someone else and, and, and we stop being creative in the way that God is calling us to be. You know, we just try and be other people all the time and actually all it does is forces us out of the community that we're called to be. Stop comparing yourselves to other people and play the part that God has called you to play. Because God has arranged the parts of the body just as he wanted them to be. You know, I've had a really bad back over the last few weeks and I've been hobbling around a little bit. I don't know if you've noticed. Um, Thank you for those of you that have shown great concern and told me off for not going to the doctors quick enough. Um, I I actually popped and saw uh, an osteopath a couple of times this week um, who uh, was amazing. And uh, it's a very odd thing when you go and see an osteopath or someone like that and you kind of get undressed and they 
they prod all your muscles and try and see whether you're in line or out of line. And, uh, and what had happened was um, actually some of the muscles on the right-hand side of my back had all gone into spasm. And, uh, and, uh, and, I was, uh, and at one point, I was, I was literally walking around like this. I was completely out of shape, completely out of line. And it was really painful, and I couldn't do the things that I knew I needed to do. And you know, that's what it's like with Jesus' body. Actually, if, if one part of the body is, is not doing what it should do, actually the whole body suffers. The whole of the body is thrown out of line and out of kilter. Every part matters, whether we can see it or not. You know, God is calling you to be you, because only you can be you. You need to be unique, but not separated. You need to be an individual, but not independent. God is calling you to play your part in his body. God is calling each one of us to think about how we commit how we serve, how we pray, how we give as we step into this season of fruitfulness that God is calling us into. And that won't look the same for each one of us. And as we think about this picture of the body, Paul gives us another caution. Verse 22 to 23 says, Those parts of the body that seem to be weaker and indispensable, the parts that we think are less honourable, will we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable, we, we treat with, with special modesty. You know, Paul is saying that the inconspicuous doesn't mean unimportant. You know, all of the parts of the body are important and should be treated with equal respect. You know, inconspicuous doesn't mean non-essential. You know, we think about those who pray, who pray in secret and are never seen. We think about those who work with their hands those who set up and set down, those who bring their tithes, as meager as they may think they are, into the church. They are essential parts of the body. You know, and Paul says that these humbler parts of the body must be given special attention also. They must be covered and fed. You know, those members of our body who may otherwise be overlooked, you know, the poor, the homeless, the despised, the less prominent. They're to be cherished and they are to be nurtured. It's why the pastoral care team here is so important and often so invisible. You know, those who go and visit people who are stuck at home, stuck in hospital, those who week in, week out care for the sick, pray with the vulnerable. It's why the people that stay overnight in the night shelter or get up early to go and make breakfast are so important, so essential. So my challenge to all of us this morning is how are you going to play your part in Jesus' body here? How are you going to commit and serve and pray and give? And I just thought, hey, maybe it'd be a bit of fun to do some of the mathematics right now of every member in ministry. 
You know, I love that phrase, every member in ministry. It's not something that we've often said here, not something that I've often said here, but I remember in a church that I was uh, at uh, about 15 years ago, it was one of the key catchphrases that I was often said, hey, it's every member in ministry. You know, ministry isn't something that is reserved for the few, but it's something that all of us get to play our part in. You know, but what does that look like for us in the way that we gather and the way that we worship? You know, what does is, what is, what is being healthy in our style of worship look like? You know, particularly on a, on a Sunday, let's use that as an example. And on a Sunday, we've got a pretty personnel heavy way of worshipping. I guess that's our style of how we love to come before God. But what I love about that is that it's all about us being together. And it's all about us doing it together. It's about us being church together. You know, so let's just think, you know, if we have maybe a couple of people who are helping lead and preach, maybe we've got you know, four or five in the band, you know, maybe we've got a couple of people doing production at the back, um, you know, we, we know every Sunday we, we, we have to have 15 people who are working with our children and young people, what an amazing thing that we need that many people to work with our children and, uh, and young people, that God has blessed us with so many kids and, uh, and youth, you know, you know, maybe there's a, a, a couple of people, two or three that are helping set up. You know, working with Gareth and the set team here to get everything ready. You know, maybe a couple of people that are, are helping out with a cafe. You know, all the people welcoming here. You know, let's think about the way we welcome. You know, maybe we could do even more if we had a couple of people on the gate welcoming people in off the road. A couple of people on the steps welcoming people, helping them up the steps. A couple of people on the doors. You know, a few people inside making sure we're, we're having conversations with people that are visiting for the first time. Extending hospitality and welcome. You know, just to run this one gathering that we have now probably takes about 25 of us. Now, you may be thinking, well, hang on a minute, that's just inefficient. You know, surely we can double up some of these roles. You know, maybe we just need to be paying a few more people. You know, well, I don't think that's the answer because I love the way that we worship. I love the fact that so many people have an opportunity to be involved because I think that's what it's about. It's about us doing this together, owning it together, serving and loving one another and those who come into this body together. So let's say, you know, let's say there's a hundred adults that regularly come on a Sunday morning. Well, that means that every one of us, if we all did something once every four weeks, then everything would get done. That's the maths of every member in ministry on a Sunday at the 11M service. You know, we've got to do this stuff together. You know, and of course, church isn't just about Sundays, is it? Actually, it spans our weeks. There are so many opportunities on a Monday and a Tuesday and a Wednesday to be church. On a Thursday and a Friday and a Saturday to be innovative and creative about how we come together to love one another, serve one another to transform our communities together, to give into the wider church in East London, to plant and to resource and to care and to go on praying for all that God is doing, building his kingdom here and inviting us to join in with him. You know, there's so many ways that we as a body get to play our part. Everyone gets to be a part. Everyone gets to play a part. Gets to play your part. 
And I just want to challenge us this week just to think a little bit about what it is that we are doing, that you are doing. And, uh, uh, and I know that so many of you serve in so many ways. And, and, I, and that's one of the things I love about being here and being a part of this body, is this is an incredible place to be. This is an amazing body to be a part of. You know, I feel like we are healthy and we are functional and we're loving one another. But I'd love you just to think about how is it that I am involved? What is it that God is calling me to be doing this year as we step forward together? And I'd love you to think and pray about that this week. And I would love you to drop us a line at hello at sps.church. Email us, email the team, that part of the body, the team that helped to coordinate and facilitate You know, we'd love to know what it is that you feel like God is calling you. If you're not sure, you know, we'd love to have a conversation. You know, you could drop us a line, hello, at sps.church and say, hey, you know, I would love to do something new in 2018. I'm not sure what that is. Can you you help me think about what it is that God might be calling me? What's my part? You know, I would love to be able to pray with you and think with you about how it is that God is calling you to be you at SPS this year. And I promise, I will not try and persuade you to do anything that's not you. And it's not just about us doing stuff, is it? It's about us being Jesus' body. You know, one little thought just to leave us with, and I was thinking about whether I should put this up on the board, because it probably doesn't work unless you see it. You know, you've seen that thing that, that, that where they write church and, and then the, the U is missing and it's just kind of C-H-R-C-H. Have you seen that bit? And like, what's missing? U, you know, you are that sort of thing. Well, anyway, I, I just thought it's quicker than that and it's easier than that. And I just say, actually, you know what? There's no, there is no us without you. Yeah? And I'd love you to write that down. There is no us without you. If you don't turn up, you're not here. And it hurts. Because you are leaving a you-shaped hole in this body. I love that we get to do this stuff together. I love that we get to explore this big vision that God has given us to make disciples to transform communities and to plant churches together. I love that we get to own that as a body and that we all get to be a part and play a part in what God is doing here in East London. Amen? Can we stand? I'd love to pray for us. I'd love to pray for us for this year, for this sense of fruitfulness that God is calling us toward. And then Hannah and the team are just going to come and lead us in a a final song uh, together. Um, You might just want to put a hand out. I'm just going to ask the Spirit to come and move amongst us. Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you that you are here, uh, that you are moving amongst us by the power of your Spirit. We thank you for everything that you are doing. We thank you for the health and the life that we see here in this part of your body here in East London, uh, right here at SPS Lord, we thank you for everything that is going on. Thank you for all of these amazing children and young people 
uh, that you are, are raising up here in this place. Lord, thank you for every ministry that is being outworked by every member of this body. Uh, and Jesus, I pray that you would inspire us now. That you would inspire us as to how it is that you are calling each one of us to be a part of your body this year. Lord, even now as we just stand in your presence together, Lord, would you just be inspiring us, Lord, that we might be creative and innovative, that our eyes might be open to see need, Lord, that, that no one and nothing would be overlooked. Holy Spirit, would you come and have your way among us? Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus.